Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Block Sauce, your weekly web show that serves up the juiciest discussions and debates in the world of Web3 culture. I'm your host and re-NFT ambassador, Jen Kieran. Today we've got an incredible panel of experts lined up for you, so sit back, relax, and enjoy some serious sauce. What is up, everybody? How are you guys doing? Today, as you can tell, the panel's been shifted up a little bit. We've got two new faces, so Fresco, go ahead and introduce yourself real quick. And we lost your audio again. One second. Yes, I'm back. That yeah. was my fault. You oh, okay. I fixed it. Here, breathe, buddy. Breathe. Here, you're fine. Um, yeah. Uh, my name is Jerry. Um, also, Fresco online. If you ever see me in game, you probably have killed me in mode for a few times. But I am. Uh, I do business development and partnerships for Studio Three Six Nine, which is developing a game called Metalcore, uh, along with um, a couple other. Um, titles that are uh, yeah, undisclosed, but we will start marketing soon. Um, yeah, I've been in Web3 gaming space for a while. You've worked with uh, Aaron for a long time, Jorge for a long time, and uh, yeah, happy to be here. This is my first time making video. I, I did a career space with you guys once, but first time being on video at Boston. We're glad to have you. This is our new format, and it's uh, every week, Thursday at 2 p.m. I have personally played Metalcore. I'm super excited for what you guys are building. Uh, the game kind of gives me those Planet Side 2 vibes, but we'll go ahead and uh, move on. Matt, what do you have? Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, my background is in gaming and esports. Uh, but more recently uh, in Web3, I've been working as a community lead and um, just advising a few games like Block Tackle and Skatex. And more recently, I've been working closely with uh, Waypoint Gaming. So, yeah, thank you for having me, guys. And for those that aren't familiar with Waypoint Gaming, it's actually a gaming community. And it was uh, originally founded by Spike. So if you guys are interested in finding people to game with, hang out with, or if you're a content creator looking to collaborate and you know generate some content with some fellow creators, make sure you guys hit them up. Okay. Is this Matt Deepon? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, dude. Yeah, I was sitting there so awkwardly being like in this lobby and like I don't know who this guy is, but his voice sounds familiar. And, I know, right? Uh, We're finally getting faces to names. Yeah. yeah. And fun fact. Yeah. And fun fact is, um, I did try to make it like a double meaning when I was making the name, but as Matt defies, like I'm defying, you know. But um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I wonder why people think it's Matt decentralized finance, but yeah. <laughs> oh well. Yeah. It shows deep in the industry, buddy. It's, you yeah. can't blame them. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I kind of meant it to be like a double entendre yeah. thing. Yeah. Man, I'm so sorry if I was weird. This whole time we were in the lobby, I was like, I know I'm supposed to know who I'm speaking with here, but. You know, like I said, I, I recognize the voice, but I, I was—I felt like we knew each other too well for me to be like, "Hey, what's yeah, your name?" No. no worries. <laughs> and then, last but not least, everybody should be familiar with Jorge. He's been on the show since we started. Um, but go ahead and say hi, I guess. Uh, hi. Is that, is that all you want me to do? Hi. Hi. <laughs> what's up, guys? Uh, pretty excited for today's show. Uh, I've worked with Jerry here. I've had a blast with him. Matt, what's up? Happy birthday to Matt. Jerry, I think you forgot to mention your six six ten guys built like a freaking rock. Um, Jinkerin, what's up, brother? I'm excited for today's show. I'm excited to talk about gaming, NFTs, coins, whatever you want to talk about. We're talking about today. It's gonna get saucy. Oh hell yeah! Uh, so that's everybody that we got joining us today. We're gonna dive into the topic, which is coins versus NFTs in gaming. Now, it's a very general topic. It's it's left that way for a reason. I want this to be a very open, free-flowing discussion. Um, but we've seen games all kind of take different paths, right? Some of them have coins, some of them don't. And it feels like the ones that don't, in my personal experience and opinion, seem to be faring a little bit better. Why do you guys think that might be? Well, I think like I think let, let, let's take a back step, right? In the sense of like understanding the gaming coins, right? When we talk about gaming coins, because mm -hmm. you look at like uh, Yuga, right? Um, they, they've taken that coin and built, uh, um, <laughs> I don't know what you want to call it, a gaming uh, empire. But I don't know what kind of games they're putting out. But that's okay. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's not a scam project. You know, like that's that's what we should be grateful for, right? Like at the end of the day. But I mean, if you look at coins, it depends on what the coin is going to be used for, right? Like in, if it's an in-game currency, which we've already seen in a million of Web2 games and it works, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's been around for a long time. But if you're talking about coins that are going to be like a Yuga, then I think there's a differential that, that we have to, to kind of explain to everybody first. Mm -hmm. 
You guys have yeah. anything? Yeah, so a little bit of background about myself. I, I came from like Axie. So, mm-hmm. and when I say I came from Axie, I mean someone that like went all in. And I was even streaming the game full time on Twitch. That's kind of how I grew my little audience oh. that I had in my community. Yeah, so I was like all in. And one of the things that I one of the things that I noticed early on is that they had the like two coin system, which is the SLP, which is the inflationary token, mm-hmm. and then they had the AXS, which was the govern uh, the governance token. And I remember a lot of people back then when I mean the price of SLP was doing well. It was hitting like towards forty cents in the bull. Oh wow! And I remember people saying, "Should we stack up SLP?" And I and I remember thinking like. Hell no. It's this thing that is like people are just printing every day. Like it's never going to go down. Like the value is only going to drop. But AXS, on the other hand, I literally saw it go from when I started, it was like a $4. And I saw that thing go to 150 bucks in like within a month. Wow. So, uh, yeah. So when I was like, okay, the reason for, for that was because of the way it worked, the Ponzi, you know, like people had to burn <laughs> this token mm-hmm. and a little bit of SLB to create more axes but then that burning mechanism was only exasper uh you know it, it was kind of making that problem worse in the long mm-hmm. run so so yeah for me personally just to let um jerry go next um i think for me like i would choose nfts any day just because i see you know i can see myself being attached to an ip like as a gamer yeah. so you know i've always collected my cards i love pokemon so i think i can as a gamer i can enjoy looking at a some art a lot more than like some coins that I get from a game. So yeah, that's just my two cents. Yeah, here I thought I was going to be the resident uh, hater of, of coins and tokens and games. I'm very pro um, NFTs, but you know, I, I think I, I don't dislike the idea of tokens and games, right? I think just the implementation of them has been wrong, like in every iteration that we've seen. And Matt touched on it like in, in a perfect way, right? You have SLP, which is like this reward token. And it's kind of like, you know, if anybody's like done a lot of DeFi, like you, you do this pair and you farm this token, which is like meant to be sold. And, you know, that's all it does is, and if you don't sell it, like the moment you get it, it's just going to keep decreasing value. And I think without, you know, when you have just like a rewards-based token, right, that's just going to be used as that. It's going to be used to, to sell. You're going to go buy a coffee with it, you know, Jorge buys four coffees a day, so he needs a lot of rewards. So um, without having a strong, like, sink to have that, it's just you're on this just sinking ship that's going to slowly... And, and we saw it, we've seen it in every use case that we've seen in gaming. So, you know, I, I don't hate tokens for gaming. I just, you know, we, we've we done it wrong. Like, if, if tokens coming out first, you know, that's a huge mm-hmm. red flag. Like, let the game come out first. And hopefully in, in like the big stages, there's been a really strong stress test of economy. So you can identify like where, where are those sinks and faucets, right? Because yeah. the reward is just giant faucet. And, and there's no kind of use case that we've seen behind that. So that, mm-hmm. that, that thinking needs to shift. Yeah, I think I want to add something here. It's like, okay, if you look at play to earn, right? Like, I don't know if play to earn was for gamers, right? Like, I think play to earn is a market that's really for like the casino gambling audience. Right. Cause like, that's who would want to play to earn. Like those are the people I, I don't believe gamers are here to, to not to say to earn, but the, 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 the understanding of earning the way that, that we had put it out originally, it, it just wasn't sustainable. There isn't a sustainable yeah. economy for it. Right. And so I think that's again, why, like when we look at tokens, it's like, it has to be something that's like either in-game, that's for, for the in-game currency to keep playing within the game, earn like an NFT, whatever it is. But it's got to be something that's not like going to be a mechanism like, hey, I'm going to make $100,000 off playing video games. Yeah. That's not worth, there's not going to be a sustainability for it. No, 100%. And, and my, again, this is my personal experience, is play to earn really has no impact on first world countries like America and Europe. Um, you're not going to make a full time income off of gaming. It's just, it's not feasible. It's not possible, 100%. But we have seen in other countries, you know, like Africa and even some parts of Mexico, uh, like Brazil, for example, uh, where there are gamers that are making life changing money 
off of play to earn systems. So I think that there are gamers that will play for the sole reason of earning, but it's not going to be like the standard. It's not going to be everybody because I, I tested the waters with a couple of play to earn games myself. Um, and after a month of farming, I was almost able to buy a cup of coffee at Starbucks. Almost. Not quite, but I almost got there. So, you know, it, it, a little bit of kickback for playing yep, games. I but it's so small, something. right? Like Exactly. Yeah, you, you're, talk, you're talking about like such a small audience that like even to find the audience the marketing you would have to do the spend and everything i don't think any web3 game will have that kind of, of ability to do that so again it's just you know i don't i don't see gamers it's being something that you want to like target that's how your target market i would say so there's a system that I've kind of been pitching to people because I'm not anti-coin, but I am anti-coin in their current fashion. Um, I don't believe your token should be extracted to fiat. If it's if it's got in-game utility and it's got in-game use case, if I am used to spending $1 to craft an item in the game, for example, and one day I wake up and it's $10, I'm probably just going to stop crafting. So... I think if we look at Web 2, and, and I use this example a lot because they're the, the closest, I would say, to a pseudo Web 3 setup, World of Warcraft, right? I have my in-game gold that I can farm up and then redeem for a subscription token, which I can then redeem for store credit. So in a way, they have a play-to-earn closed economy because it never leaves the Blizzard Activision ecosystem. But the thing is, with the gold... I have to decide, am I going to buy gear? Am I going to craft? Am I going to buy materials? Am I going to upgrade my gear? Like, you have all these different gold sinks that make me choose between do I want to enjoy the game or do I want to earn, right? And I think that's where Web3 might be missing the mark. What do you guys think about that if we were to remove the fiat translation from uh, these tokens and just leave it to in-game and the NFT? T's are where people have to earn because you have to farm or grind and then they can sell those instead. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea at all. At first, a lot of the, you know, the investors would say, oh, this is a dead token, <laughs> right? Like you killed it. Like there's no liquidity. But uh, yeah, we, we all know that those are not the true gamers, right? Like, I mean, gamers are very much used to um, handling in-game currencies that, can, mm -hmm. that they can only, you know, they can never sell those or like get the value back, right? So... I think for a gamer, if you were to explain that to them, they wouldn't have like a problem with it. Um, I have worked, so for example, like Block Tackle, I remember them talking about um, this exact topic, which was how do we make our, you know, uh, so, that, so that they had a token that was not, you were not able to um, quote unquote sell it. Some mm -hmm. people like uh, were kind of like trading it, but it wasn't like a, officially or, or anything. But uh, they said, how can we make, this token into uh, an upgrade system where you can upgrade your NFTs, your skateboards, and then let's say they become like rare or super rare. And then, you know, those can be transacted on any marketplace as normal. So I think it's it's a really good idea. It could work. But the the one thing about tokens and, and Web3 and, and Web3 gaming is that no one has figured it out, like Jerry said earlier. Mm -hmm. I think in the future, it doesn't mean that like it can't work but no one has figured it out yet but you bet if there's ever a day someone figures it out every game and their mom is going to copy the model like yeah so i, I think oh, Matt, Matt makes, make, you, you make some great points there is that we're still early right mm -hmm. right now people still think of us as a scam right a lot of people that understanding a web3 crypto you mentioned it they're like oh yeah i ain't messing around with that so i think like what matt's saying yeah like even like in three five years if there is a mass adoption boom then we can start incorporating or bringing some of these stuff in that that might actually work. Well, so another example is Fortnite, right? Everybody's used to buying V-Bucks. Money go in, but you can never go out. Well, what if we adopted the same premise, except the money goes out because you're able to sell your Fortnite skins? Doesn't that sound more appealing? Like, yeah, you still can't sell off your v extra V-Bucks, but at least I can sell the skins I buy with them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you can actually do that like three times a, a season. You can refund the skins that you bought. Uh, so yeah, I, I know people love that feature. So of course, gamers, uh, gamers will I, I, jump at that. I really like that idea. is is really interesting. I think you'll see games not say that like we're ever going to do this with any of our games, but like mm -hmm. I think you'll see games that want to like reduce the speculative like value of their token and not have like a money come in system with like a fiat to like 
buying a token system and it'll be an earn like a you know earning an in-game token you know that it can then be used to transact or upgrade or you know utility token but there can't be like it's direct like hundred thousand dollar purchase of it to really skew you know like your in-game economy not that we're doing any of that kind of stuff but mm -hmm. you will see games start to explore something like that to to keep the just that speculative nature of like a token kind of under control right because like Matt said, there's a ton of people who bought SLP at 40 cents, right? Because because they thought it was a good investment choice and then not realizing it didn't know anything about the actual ecosystem, realizing that this it's this huge inflationary token and you know it's not sustainable mm -hmm. to keep like about that, right? And you know, I, the the way we should lose people we should gain and lose people is through gameplay. It's not like through their investment choices right and there's a lot of people that hate axie because they just lost money on it, it didn't drive the game out at all you know mm -hmm. they just lost a lot of money and now it's a scam right so it sounds like everybody kind of agrees that tokens aren't necessarily bad the current implementations just don't work I got, I'm getting yeah. a lot of nods, so... <laughs> yeah, also love what you guys said about NFTs being a like the earning model for things. Um, that's pro that's, that is something we're probably you'll, will probably see in Metalcore at the very least. Um, you know, not saying anything about like our future titles, but that will be very present in Metalcore. The the danger of that and something that everybody has to be aware of is like how inflationary do your NFTs then get, right? Mm -hmm. Like what what value does the two dollar NFT have if that's what you're earning and if there's no like not to just just because it's the example that comes up and I love the guys on Dead Block. Like their root coffins are worth like three cents, you know? And are people going to transact on that? You know, is that really helping people with earning potential if you're there's so many that it, it then becomes an illiquid market? Yeah. Like I was just going to say, I think so, for example, if only up this Goblin Town game, right? I think that's one of the earliest iterations of the market showing than just because a game reaches mass adoption it doesn't mean that price is going to go up so i think so for example i think let's say fortnite or league of legends let's say it had a they had a token i actually think that a token would be pretty low priced but people would just be playing the game all day anyway no matter uh, the token price so that's what i think i mean happen. you look at yuga i mean and then right like if it's an nft then you're going to be priced out to want to play the game right uh so it's it's almost to that concept I agree, and the the system I was uh, just talking about with the tokens not being able to be extracted to fiat, um, it would still allow for people to earn, just not direct extraction, because you don't want that token price to fluctuate and affect people's ability to enjoy the game. But players could still trade it amongst themselves, similar to what we're seeing from WoW gold sellers, right? So you could still have an economy built around the token, the only difference between Web3 and what World of Warcraft does is World of Warcraft says, no, no, we want a cut of the pie. All of all your transactions need to come through us. We're like, no, it's your token. You bought it. You're free to do with it as you please. If you want to trade it to Joe Schmo for $100, okay, that's fine, right? I think I feel like that's a great model. Um, but do you think that that would be something investors would see as appealing? Or do you think that, that would kind of steer them away because it seems to move a little bit away from the Web3 ethos and the fact that you know, token price controlled instead of free flowing. Anybody? <laughs> I, I see, I see the light bulb and the yeah. gears turning. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, there's always like a delay. Um, I think that like that could be explored. I, I, if I'm understanding right, like you're talking more about like peer to peer transactions. So I exactly. find somebody who wants to buy. Yeah, I think like that's probably not out of their own possibility of seeing like rather than you know uh, list a token list on like a centralized exchange you're just mm -hmm. buying and selling it to the open market like i do see that there being games where like facilitate like peer-to-peer -peer transactions i think that you're opening yourself up for a little bit more of like regulatory risk in that and i think that's what you'll see like every game kind of stay away from it's just why we haven't ever made public comments on a token um because you know hey the central land and sandbox can, can fight the sec right we can't, so um, we have to wait for like regulatory clarity. But I, it, you know, if that was like within the realms of like, the, you know, these are the rules we're given, and yeah, I totally could see that happening. Um, but then I think you open people up for, you know, if somebody doesn't know and it's brand new, like just getting kind of scammed, or you know, then there's mm -hmm. a lot more links. Like, 
lot of stuff. And, uh, you know, so if you, you find a new player and you're like, dude, these things are worth, you know, $10,000 and they're worth like four, right? <laughs> you know, I think mm-hmm. open markets do serve a lot of benefit for, for those reasons, right? You know, you're getting a fair price. Well, I'm just saying, if you if you do the comparison with the system that I just said, you have a set price on the token, so you always know the value when you buy it. And I don't think these companies, when it comes to regulation, I don't think the companies can be held liable for peer-to-peer transactions. Because when you think about it, doesn't that mean every Web2 game that has trading going on and involved would all of a sudden fall under the same umbrella? That's a, that's a good point. I don't think WoW has ever openly embraced you know peer-to-peer like gold selling now you know no, they, 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 they want a piece of the pie so they made it they built it into the yeah, game <laughs> exactly right yeah, exactly what are your guys's thoughts jorge oh we, we lost Jorge. oh there he's I, back I, I meant to hit the mute button no i i think again it, it's just um is it sustainable right i, I almost want to like go back to like arcade places right where you have to take the dollar and then get the coins it's a fixed price at the end of the day, right? I mean, to, 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 if you really think about it. It, it, it just, again, can we create something that's sustainable to make this happen? Who knows? I don't know that. that, that that's something thing that we may have to try. Ooh, we got a good question from the audience. Now, this is a little, little off track, but uh, I am actually curious to answer myself. From the perspective of a traditional gamer... Can we each pick our top two Web3 games that we believe will be successful in the next cycle based on its gameplay? So what's your favorite, your two favorite I mean, games in Web3, basically? I think, I think everybody's going to say Wild Card, right? I mean, who, who, who doesn't have Wild it. Card in the top two yet? I haven't played it. I can't say Wild Card because I'm not sure, I'm but not it looks wild fun. Card. Just because everybody always says Wild Card. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, um, I think Shrapnel has a very good chance, right? I haven't um, played that one either. Yeah, and not a lot of people haven't. They they they're doing the private thing. Obviously, about before, but I can't say that. Um, yeah, Shrapnel is super bullish on those guys. Like they've built a lot of good games, right? You look at the team behind that; they've built tons of you know really high quality games before. You know, Mark Long is just not his first rodeo. He knows exactly what it takes. Um, so I think you have to have a little bit of faith in them. Um, a lot of similarities between their studio and Metalcore, by the way. Um, <laughs> I'm not allowed to shoot my own game. Um, I'd say, just to say something that's not wildcard, I mean, Parallel, right, is obviously doing things the right way. They have some very smart people behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, trading card games is it's such a niche market, but once you start to gain momentum in trading card games, you take off, right? So I have a lot of faith in parallel to try to, to put a dent in some of like the trading card games. Shot in the dark here. Nobody's talked about these guys enough, but uh, Planet Mojo, I think, it would be like my honorable mention in that. I think, you know, auto battlers are going to do nothing but grow because they're very inclusive and accessible, like style mm-hmm. of gameplay. That is very skill-based. You can be yep. really bad at games and play auto battlers and have fun. And if you're a really good gamer, you can really mix ass like auto battlers. It's and it's it's really frustrating to play against people. <laughs> I, I guess the question, I guess it's back to the question, right? Like, is it is it game that we think by gameplay or like successful in sense of like um, maybe like economy and, and attention, right? I guess that's gameplay. because then like what about doc, what about Doctor Disrespect, right? I mean, like he's got the community behind him, and I think he's really one of the very few ones that would do ha- that has such a large community that will really kind of do whatever the hell he wants that people want him to do. So like, so I don't know. I, I have to give. I I think he's up there. No. I'll give my answer after Matt. Yeah. So to not have the same answers as everyone, I'll try. I was gonna say that drop as well, just because I think they went really smartly on the way that they onboarded gamers, like with the. Like you, you know, with the whole Stardust thing, I think that was like really well done. And obviously, mm-hmm. they have the one of the biggest growth partners in the world with a dock, right? So that's a uh, worth an obscene amount of money. Um, obviously, Shrapnel, I've never played it, but I know the team is really good. Their their fidelity looks, looks really good. Wildcard and Bullish on because after the playtest, I bought a Wild Pass, so I definitely enjoyed that a lot. I was really surprised with. Um, I remember because we we get a ton of games re, uh, reaching out to us. 
Mm. And I remember, I remember like uh, when we first heard about Ring Games and and uh, Stella Fantasy, we were like, ah, oh, this is like going to be like a Genshin clone. <laughs> it's probably not going to be very good. And they sent us the demo. And I remember messaging Spike where I was like, have you seen the fidelity on this thing? They're like super polished. Mm-hmm. And they gave us like a, you know, a small slice. But I was like, you know, the mechanics on this, it works perfect. And um, now they've been doing like monthly updates. They're, they're releasing characters like every month, uh, which is new content for a game. So I'm, I'm very impressed with, with how they're doing it. And now they are, uh, after 3XP, they're going to be on Steam. They're going to be on mobile mm-hmm. on both app stores. So they're really taking it serious when it comes to hitting that Southeast Asian market. And also they've, they've been trying their best to like, uh, do a good job here in NA as well. So I've been impressed with them. Um, uh, so yeah, those are my two games. So there's a trend here with all these guys, and I'm going to break the trend. If you haven't noticed, eSports slash competitive type of games. Even Planet Mojo is a competitive game, right? But you broke the mode a little bit and said Stella Fantasy. Now, I'm, 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 I'm going to agree with you. Stella Fantasy is good, but have any of you played Grand Saga? Because I can't believe not a single person believes Grand Saga is in their top two. I believe that one's going to make it. It is the best MMO I have played in the space. I just saw they were on Aptos, and I, I kind of left it at that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's such a web-free thing to say, though. Like, and I, I don't mm-hmm. say that as, like, a knock on, on Matt in any way. But, like, no. we, we like, choose things based off of, like, chains sometimes. But, like, the end user is not going to do that, right? It's yeah. hilarious. I, I had the same reaction that Matt did. So I'm also in the same camp. But, like, we're, we choose things based off chains sometimes, not, like, gameplay. And, you know, at the end of the day, like, chains are just going to be in the background. So um, I haven't played right. But are chains like a console, though, Jerry? Like, do I remember when choosing certain games based on the console? It to a degree, yeah. I would say that that is the case. I think yeah. for for our like era or like a you know generation of like blockchain user, yeah, that is a console mm-hmm. for us. But I think for you know the people that come in two or three years, I, I think it's not going to matter. Yeah, I think I think. Games should go cross-chain as much as they can. And also, I don't know about you guys, but for me, it's starting to get hard, like, keeping all these seed phrases safe, you know? Like, I have a notebook. It's starting to fill up. I'm like, damn, like, how many wallets do I need? Look, I'm going to give you guys how I do things with seed phrases. Because, you know, they say don't save it on your computer. I don't. Well, but I do. But I don't. And all I'm going to say is multiple clouds, encryption encryption key being stored in a separate cloud from your seed phrases and all of your clouds secured behind 2FA. I'm, that's all I'm going to say. I'm going to say... Good luck getting you know, seed say, phrases. I'm going to talk about what the person in two or three years is going to say, and that's one word. Friction. Oh, dude, I, I, I used to work in security, um, so I'm used to friction at this point. Am I saying that that's good for adoption? Not at all. We, we need to work on this, like, big time. But yeah. you got to keep your second game though. You only choose one. Ah, fine. You got. I try not to pick favorites. This is hard for me. But Metapixel unfortunately gets my vote automatically every time right now because I just I'm a WoW player. I've been playing WoW since the new expansion came out in November, and Metapixel was the first game that pulled me away from Web three at least that pulled me away yeah. from an extended period of time. So I'm like super stoked for that one. But the other one. It, <sighs> It's a toss-up because there actually are a lot of solid games in the space depending on what your interests are. Me, personally, I'm kind of leaning towards Last Remains. It's it's hard for me to say because the gameplay is there, the core loop is there, but it feels like it's still really early. Um, some of the map isn't finished. They, you know, Enemy types are limited, but the gameplay was so enjoyable. The core loop, you know, it kind of circles back to Dead Drop and Shrapnel where you got that extraction feel, but the zombie element, I love zombies. I grew up... Resident Evil, Silent Hill, you throw zombies in an extraction shooter, and I have more fun killing the zombies than I do the other players, so. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Are you still a Metal Core content creator? Because you're kicked out now. You, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think Metal Core is going to make it regardless. Um, 
I wish this was like a top five question. I know we don't have enough time to really do a top five, kidding. but we don't, no, 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 we don't need to turn this into the middle of our show. I just wanted, I'm not gonna, no, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, if you guys Jerry... go to my YouTube, Metalcore is one of like the probably five Web3 videos that I've done, and I'm it's it's I put so much more effort into that one. But anyway, you're right. I don't want to turn this into a Metalcore shill or a Metapixel yeah. shill or any shill. Um, so, but 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 let's go to the question again, and now let's ask this question in the sense of <laughs> what are your last three NFT purchases? you guys as here so i know what games you guys are like kind of like leaning in towards i'll i'll go first i'm i'm going to i'm going to cuz i like to be transparent anyway so last remains metapixel their early their early founders pass and i don't think i have a third recently it's been a minute it may have actually been yeah, I don't, I don't, I can't think of a third off the top of my head because I, I went and spent on on all those collections. So, um, go next and let me go look up my history because now I'm curious <laughs> what I bought recently. Um, well, I think I minted a wild pass, and then I bought. I haven't really been like, I, I don't know. I, I see no opportunity to make money significantly right now, so I haven't been buying a ton of NFTs lately. Um, I was, I minted a wild pass. I um I bought a shrapnel operator because um they I wanted to support my friends and then um I think I got a a loot box from Revenge I think that's found my third too. what was it. My angry Yakuza girlfriend. Let's go, Sinjin. Uh, I know you're not here, that but... Actually, would be my third. Yeah, actually, I have to <laughs> match you on that. I did buy one of those, so... Yeah. So, for me, I got a, I got an ex-girlfriend as well. I got, um, obviously, the Wild Pass, and then I bought um, one of those Grape NFTs. Because when, when they announced that they were going to build the Fortnite, the Fortnite game, I'm not yeah. sure if that counts as a game, but it's an NFT. Is, and it's gonna have a game, so yeah. <laughs> so those are those are my latest three. I don't buy a lot of NFTs these days because of the bear, but I'm but I'm still holding everything that I had before. So I'm pretty heavy on the my wallets are pretty heavy on gaming assets. Yeah, no, but it's great to hear the the mindset behind you guys. On like, first of all, taking you a while to buy and uh, to to not mention which ones you guys has bought. And so just, again, trying to think of the audience of like, some of these games and mm. think about like what we need for mass adoption. If we're struggling ourselves to even want to buy something, why though? Like, right. And we're in this space, but just understanding that mentality, that, 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 that all that there is right now. Yeah. I yeah. think another thing that uh, I noticed on uh, often, and e even when you ask people the, the question is like, what are the best, what their games It's like, Gaming doesn't work like this. Like you have specific genres, right? So, for example, when I was working with 3XP and, and helping them with her, we we came up with this like um, you know competition of like best you know shooter, best TCG, and that helped us a little bit define a little bit more like the genre. So, for example, I don't expect a gamer to like every single genre of game, right? They're gonna pick if they're like an MMO guy, you know, they're gonna love uh, uh, um, Grand Saga. If they're like a shooter, they're gonna want to play, uh, you know, metalcore or dead drop, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So yeah. that's another thing that I sometimes think is like people comparing like just any Web three games, and I'm like, no, perhaps we should think about you know the genres, right? Yeah, because that's also how we should um, think about onboarding users. So for example, mm -hmm. if we're looking for players for a shooter, we should be marketing to like the the Call of Duty players, right? The the Fortnite players, etc. So I think that's the thing that we need to think about. I have something to follow up that point, Matt, but I do want to tie that question because Jorge made an excellent question. I'm going to put a spin on it and ask you, what are the last three games you bought coins slash tokens for? If any, for that matter. I uh, Let me see. It's not many. So basically, for me, it would be ApeCoin because I was playing uh, Dookie Dash. Mm -hmm. Um I bought, honestly, I like, yeah, I bought like some Cypher 
from this game called uh, Cypher. Uh, I think it's going to be like a um, MOBA of some sorts. Uh, but I had some NFTs, so I bought some of the token. But that was like a while ago. And then the last one would have been like SLP. So those are, I think, like the only tokens I've ever bought for games. Yeah. I, yeah Fresco, I, I saw you shaking your head. I Dude, I bought Ape and into like the Dookie Dash. I traded it. I didn't like hold it. I just, mm -hmm. I knew it was going to have value in that brief moment in time. And then probably a, Alluvium tokens, you know. And that's that's it. Mm -hmm. What about you, Jorge? Yeah, I think it's uh, definitely ApeCoin. I know, I know, I think I still have a pretty pretty big back. <laughs> I'm feeling uh, left out here. <laughs> uh, it's probably it's probably down bad right now after this week. So uh, yeah, we won't talk about that anymore. I, I can't think of anything else. I think that's all I really ever had in gaming. I mean, I, of course, I had Axie back in the day, but I don't think I I don't have anything there left. So. This is not financial advice. I know that that doesn't get me out of legal trouble, but I'm not going to tell anybody to buy coins. I'm going to explain my thought process because I have bought some coins in a couple of games. So I look at it as kind of a Kickstarter, especially when the project's early on, they're looking for funding. So if I spend money on somebody's coin, I'm treating that money like it's gone. It lessens the blow when it runs to zero. And I'm going to let you know right now, I've only bought coins in two games, Gensokishi and Make It Out. And for those that don't know about Make It Out, it's a horror game. I really love the game. I played it, got to try it before I bought the coin, and I, that that was my biggest bag. I was like, I want this game to succeed. Take my money, right? Now I'm watching it run to zero, and I'm like, well, as long as the game comes out, whatever, you know? I'm not here for profits. I'm here to support projects and, and see fun games come to fruition. So I am never somebody you should take financial advice from. Do not buy coins just because I'm telling you I'm buying the coin. I am buying for a much different reason than most people in Web3. I can assure you of that. So uh, if you're looking to go red, go ahead. Buy whatever I'm buying. But if you're looking to support good games, also buy what I'm buying. <laughs> But, uh, you know, unfortunately, the reality is not every game is going to make it. Um, I've seen multiple in the space. Uh, you know, I, there's one I had. I didn't buy coins, but I earned from staking, which I'm sure everybody in the space is familiar with. Uh, the mod token from MetaOps. Um, and that token is basically not useful at all anymore. I love the team. I love the game. Um, but there was a Discord announcement. Hey, you know, we're, we're shutting off the servers. It's a reality. They didn't get the funding they needed. They they tried. They they had a lot of community events. They had a lot of tournaments. Everything looked like it was going well. But this happens even outside of Web3. I don't think people, you know, like to think about it that way. You know, everybody likes to slam on Web3. Oh, well, what if the game shuts down? What if the game shuts down? I just had one this year called Spellbreak. If anybody's familiar with that game, it was a uh, spell battle royale. And what I mean by spell is like I could summon a tornado, throw poison in it, and you got a poison tornado. It was really cool. I loved it. Um, but they, they shuttered this year. So even in Web 2, games don't make it. It's just a reality. So if you're buying tokens, my, my best uh, suggestion is to just treat it like that money disappeared. The second you purchased it, it's gone. And it makes you feel better whenever it really is gone. <laughs> yeah, but, but uh, I'm, I'm glad you said that, right? But like Aren't we already doing that in Web2 when we buy a game, right? Like, if you're buying a game, digital mm -hmm. copy or regular copy, you're already, you know you're not getting your money back. Exactly. Right? Like, like so so it's really the way that we're, it's the perception that it's being sold. You know, because I think in Web3, like, it should be, hey, buy $60 worth of this token. Cool. Going to zero. But that was your entrance to the game or whatever. It's it's not very much different from Web 2. It's just, again, the way that we're using... We're not using the right wording. But it shows that we were all apt to buy NFTs. In fact, we've bought enough NFTs, we couldn't even remember what our last few purchases were. But I asked you guys about tokens, and boom, ape, ape, ape. Everybody knew, like right off the top of their head, because we're not going out and buying tokens for every game. We're not sitting here day trading. We're here for fun games, and we're you know getting skins and assets in those games. So I I personally believe that these projects should lean more into the NFT side and stop focusing on trying to build sustainable token economies until they can actually figure it out. Because 
when you enact these economies in a live system, like it, it's one thing to sit here and test it internally, but once you put it out to the public and it flops, it's so much more damaging than just holding off, waiting, make sure you do more internal testing, try it on a larger scale. If you have to onboard some of your players and like pull them into the ecosystem and try to like see if people abuse it, exploit it, stuff like that, um, I think that would go a long way. But right now, I think I feel like games should definitely lean more into the NFT side of things what do you guys think yeah i think one of the fundamental problems where we're doing token rounds and selling tokens is that the the difference is that like when you buy a game in web 2 it's a finished product so you know exactly what you're getting whereas in web 3 sometimes some people like are really bullish on some projects so for example recently i have been hearing through some different discords uh, that apparently this project the metaverse um they, they have like a 1 million follower instagram Apparently they rugged or they're like seizing their, their development. So a lot of people had put a lot of money into them. And now that's never going to come into fruition. They're never, they're never going to see this finished product. It wasn't supposed to be a game, I think, but it, it was supposed to be like a metaverse, you know, mm -hmm. as we all know uh, how that goes. But, um, but anyways, people lost a lot of money there and, you know, they believed in the project and the founders. And even though they knew the risk, they still thought that it, they were going to get something at the in the end like a, a game right or like a experience or, or, some, or something like that so that's the difference i think the fundamental reason why people sometimes mm -hmm. when they finally see a game put out a demo which never fully aligns the expectations never match like reality and that just starts like the cycle of the community being like oh you guys are not you know making this fast enough it's still super early so I feel very bad because I worked for a game before and I feel super bad for, for teams because some of these uh, Web2 game developers that have worked in the industry for like 20 years, they're super scared of like putting out something early because they know the response that they're going to get. Yeah. So then you get this catch-22 situation where it's like, how can you show the community any progress if they're, you know they're going to shit on it? But then on the other oh. side, if you don't show the community any progress they're just going to say that you're rugging and, you know. Do you so, think that yeah. they might be getting that feedback because they asked for money at an early stage? Like, what yeah, so, yeah of course. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, mm -hmm. I think just build more, just like before you worry about, and I, I get everybody wants needs to monetize and, and, you know, it's unrealistic to expect games to not have like consistent sales. Um, you know, I mean, we, we all know how like microtransactions are like ever present in gaming in 2023. Right. Um, but if you're an early stage game, do you just you need to show more? I think everybody's learned their lesson and and is yeah, and you see it like Wildcard showed gameplay. They have the have the only successful mint of the last six months, mm -hmm. right? Even compared to free mints, right? They had a better mint with a, a paid mint that was like forty-four dollars than some products are having giving their NFTs away. So just just build more and if you're if you're not to, to a point where people can see the light at the end of the tunnel i don't think people should even be thinking about sales right if you're at a stage where you know we can see how this is going to get polished and refined and finalized in you know six or eight months that's a different story and i think you know think about how you can monetize and structure a sale at that point but if you're if you're not there just build you know so I, the way, and the reason I kind of hold the mentality I do whenever I'm buying tokens is I look at it like Kickstarter, right? Because when you go to Kickstarter and you spend money, you're not getting a finished product. In fact, they usually give you a timeline. Hey, you might get it next year. You might get it the year after. We'll, you know, we'll sort it out. They kind of, it's kind of like Web3 in that regard. They give you a roadmap and they try to meet deadlines, but it doesn't always work that way. Let's be honest. If you've ever worked in software, or any sort of technology development field, things may seem like they're going to be smooth, streamlined, straightforward. You think you get the dates right, and then everything falls apart because of maybe one line of code, right? So I understand missing deadlines and delays. That's why I'm not really a fan of hard dates. I'm more like, hey, we'll get it out to you like quarter four or something like that. It gives them a few months to work with versus a specific day. Um, but, 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 but I think, Jenkin, right there, that's a very important thing that you're saying. You go to Kickstarter. Because you already know that mentality, what you're doing. In Web3, we failed to do that. We told everybody, hey, go mint these NFTs because game is coming out next month. And so now you have all these people minting an NFT because they think the game's coming out. When in reality, it was a Kickstarter under skies, right? Mm -hmm. it, 
it, it, and it was just again the language. I feel like if you, if you told me, hey, you want to be an early investor in a game, you know, you're going to mint this NFT. Maybe it's going to give you some sort of pass or whatever because you're an early in, uh, investor. I'd rather know knowingly willing like be more acceptable to it. And that's why I like Genesis Mints and found, Founders Passes, Access Mints, whatever you want to call them. I don't mind buying early as long as it's. I feel like it's not necessarily us in like our regard as as gamers and users and content creators are talking about this. I feel it's kind of on projects, right? To be like, hey, this is early access. I think um, being like right up front before you even mint, there should be like, hey, game is still in development, something like that. That's where I feel like a lot of projects are kind of missing the mark uh, because I haven't seen anybody post that until you get in the game. The problem is a lot of them are token gated. So by the time you get that notice, this is early access or early development, you've already bought in right yeah i think you know that's the that's the one gripe i have with with web3 which is the when projects are sometimes are doing the marketing mm -hmm. they're very like disingenuous in terms of uh so for example if you're going to be selling land some very expensive piece of land right like you know let's say for example like gala right and they some people spend like hundreds of thousands of dollars on this land and you know i wonder if those people that spend that much money think they're ever going to make, you know, see some sort of return on their, on their investment at some point. But I mean, when then devs come out and they say, oh, no, you're just supporting the game, right? This was just a raise, you know, like you shouldn't expect anything, right? And then um, also another thing that I sometimes see, this happened a lot in Solana ecosystem. People were, get bullish when they see like a company or like a studio raise like $50 million. What that actually means is, the game is not coming out for like five years. That's what the fifty million dollars is for. It's not a bullish signal. Mm -hmm. You're in it. Like so, they go pump the NFT, and it's like, oh yeah, when is it gonna moon? The game is coming out soon, right? It's like no, <laughs> see you in five years. That's what the fifty million are for. You know, so yeah. Rightfully so. I I, I don't want to defend them because I'm not trying to defend them. But I do think Star Atlas was one of the very few ones that told you from the very beginning, like, this is three to five years out. Like, I think they might have said it a million times. And people still went and bought, like, $100,000 ships. And I'm like, wait, like, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, look at Star Citizen, right? You want to talk about a couple hundred thousand dollar ships. Oh my god. And that game's been in development for how many years? And the expectations up front are drastically different than what actually happened. And I'm surprised there hasn't been a lawsuit or something against them. The single player was canned. Uh, they, they've missed pretty much every deadline and roadmap. They had to switch engines partway through because they couldn't come to an agreement with licensing deals. Like That has shown that even in Web 2, you can mishandle a project and easily encounter project... Uh, what's it called? Uh, product creep, if I remember correctly. Uh, so... I don't think there's really anything new here. I think projects do need to be more upfront about it, though, because, again, you go to Steam, you go to buy an early access game, big old banner above the buy button saying this is an early access game, does not reflect the final product, blah, blah, blah. We need more of that in this space. I don't think I have seen a single mint, not one single mint that I have part participated in that made that known up front on the website. Now, if you go into the Discord or the Twitter and you start digging through stuff, you might find it. But let's be honest, the average user isn't going to dig through all your socials and links and everything else trying to find this type of information. They just want to buy the game and play it. So I agree. I think that there's definitely an improvement to be made there. But there is some correlation between what we're seeing here and in, in Web 2, I feel like. So players can get used to it, assuming the expectations are made known, I feel like. I see a bunch of nods. I guess. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, 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 again. It's just a language thing. It's so Web three has had an, a language issue since day one, right? Since day one, you look at crypto, you look at everything. We've always had a language issue, and we carried it into gaming now. And and, and it just now we're realizing how important what language is because mass adoption is not coming in, and we're like, what is it? And they're like, oh, it's the wording. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's it's a really really good point that you say. Everybody like. I think especially when you look at like gaming and Web3, like there's been so many terms that have been like co-opted, like Jim Carrey, and like your concept of like Guild was was different. 
and then you get into Web3 and you're like, you hear Guild and you're, Web3 people think if you're in Twitter, like YDG, you and I think this subset of 40 people in a World of Warcraft game yeah. server that are doing things together, right? So, and, and gaming has that idea still, right? And when they come in, they go, everybody goes like, wait, YGG is a guild? Like, what does that mean? It's like, oh, yeah, they're like an investment firm. There are a lot of things, right? Yeah. So there's a lot of terms that get like co-opted and kind of bastardized by Web3, like to, to the point that like the conversation like if we're having now, like an, an MVP, like a minimum viable product is not like an alpha, right? And that has like become kind of a thing that's like, oh, well, you know, this game's an alpha. And it's like, dude, it's a walking simulator right now. You're like, it's not fair to call yourself an alpha game. And, you know, there does need to be from the people who are more like game savvy, like a big push to um, educate people because, you know, Web3 brought in a lot of people who, you know, don't have an idea of like what an alpha game is or like the differentiation between a cinematic trailer versus like, a gameplay trailer and like why those things are worlds apart, right? And um, because, you know, people came here for, for the monetary gain that, that could be, but they're still fans of projects, right? And, and you know, I completely agree with Karen that we haven't done a good job of like educating and informing people because, you know, words, the meaning of words change over time in language anyway, but, you know, with, with, with the cross-pollination that like these two worlds, the blending that's happened, a lot of words have really changed and, you know, that we also haven't done a good job of explaining those things. And that really is a, a fault of like the people like on my side of the table who are, work for studios and, and, you know, who need to do a better job of letting, you know, traditional words in gaming and traditional definitions, you know, seep through into like this new era of, you know, web three gaming. I agree. And you, you hit the nail on the head, like coming into web three, cause I, I'm, I'm over my one year mark now. Right. Um, I heard guild and I was like, I want to be part of a guild. I want to be all the guilds because that's what I do in World of Warcraft. You you know, I joined yeah. somebody for a raid and then I joined their discord and I'm part of the guild, so to speak. And then I started learning what they really are over here. And I'm like, no, no, thank mm -hmm. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, walking simulator, right? Uh, so... Does anybody have any final thoughts? It seems like we're all pretty much in agreements that NFTs are a stronger play than tokens, at least in regards to gaming right now. Um, obviously, we you know we don't know what the future holds. Somebody may find the holy grail of some token system, uh, but we haven't seen it yet. Is that pretty on point? I mean, it's just we don't have the users yet. We don't have gamers here yet, so we don't know uh, what this could work. I, it might work, right? We we have no clue. But we got what a hundred less than twenty thousand, hundred thousand gamers. I don't know what. It's something like that, but uh, you can't really do much with that because, again, if you narrow the 100,000 to the, depending on what genre they like, that goes down to, like, 5,000. And now, you you know, it's, 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 a, it's a losing battle, man. Maybe from the economic point of view, but remember, you don't need a million daily active users to have a successful game. EVE Online is still going, what has it been, 20? 25 years, something like that now, and they've got 40,000 active accounts. Now, that's accounts. I want to stress how much when I say accounts, because that does not equate to active players. And the reason I bring this up is I was an avid EVE Online player, and I'm pretty sure I have somewhere between 8 to 10 accounts for me alone, and I was considered a casual. So let that sink in. There are people out there that have 20-plus accounts. And they're still successful, though. It works for them. Yeah. Uh, uh, hey, hey, here's another issue, right? Look at the way Web3 game, uh, Web2 games make, right? Revenue, right? Like, they have ads and all this stuff. We still haven't even tapped into that in Web3, right? Like, have you, what's a Web3 game you've played that you have to watch a 30-second ad for? <laughs> None yet. Oh, you muted yourself. You're going to make a great point. Oh, You're oops. Muted. Yeah, so I'm not sure if you've seen it. Uh, I'm not even 100% sure it's Web3, but Metapixel actually just released a mobile game. I think it was yesterday or the day before, and it's within a genre of mobile games I've been playing, and they're very ad-heavy. Metapixel was no exception, let me tell you. And the difference is I don't have an option to spend $5 to remove the ads either. So uh, I've been watching a lot of ads because I enjoy their game. But, I, again, you're right. But to, to, to the point. To the point, right? Yeah. It's it's again we haven't. I don't get, you know, 
Web3 game developers sometimes when, when they look at like the way they want to make money, first of all, sometimes you ask them how many users do you need? They don't even know. But, but that's, that's a whole other question. It's just like, again, on a business uh, standpoint, like how do you make money? Uh, it's not very, un- they, they, they don't have it very clear, right? Or they don't, they don't know what, how Web2 does it. How do you make t- money? Not tokens. <laughs> at least, at least if you're asking our panel here, apparently. Uh, but if you want, sell me a Genesis NFT collection. I'm always looking for goodies in that regard. So I want my skins, especially the yeah. As, as a gamer, I think it's more digestible buying like game assets, skins. You know, you don't need to reinvent the wheel. You know, something that people can just look at and think it's very cool, and they don't necessarily expect to make a return on it. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I buy tokens, which may or may not even have a use. I, I, you know, a lot of people buy them because they go up or down, whatever the case may be, whatever your reason for buying is. Uh, or I can buy the skin that I can use inside the game, and I get bragging rights, right? Like, I'll tell you right now, my Howler skin in EVIO, everybody's like, oh, my God, man, dope skin. How'd you get it? Can I buy it off you? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, nah, brah. <laughs> you know, the, it's one of the rarest skins in the game. Of course I'm going to rock it. And that's that's how I've always been about games. And, and it's like when you look at League of Legends, everybody's like, oh, well, $50 for just a skin is too much. Have you seen League of Legends? Have you seen Fortnite? Have you seen how much they charge for skins? Even Valorant. Diablo 4. Diablo 4, if you want a yeah. full set of cosmetic-only armor, it's $25. Dude, have you seen the Valorant prices? No. Should I be Not scared? even... Not even I can afford. Yeah, it's like fifty to a hundred dollars, like minimum. Yeah, it's crazy. And people buy them like, like they're candy. Excuse me, I need to go take out a loan. Or hey, muted. I see glasses, but I'm I don't hear. I'm trying to make. I'm trying to buy NFTs and coins that are gonna make me rich. Is that what I'm here for? That's what he put the sunglasses on because the future is so bright, you know? Yeah. Nah, I'm all about being able to just rep the rarest and, like, coolest stuff I can find. I, you know, to me... You got to earn I, it. Yeah. We're old school, man. We're yeah. old school, I think. And people are like, oh, well, these prices are ridiculous. You'll never see me spend $100 for a game. Guess who spent $300 for Warframe Founders Pass? But guess who also got their name on a planet? Again, you don't like. There are so many more unique and creative ways to handle NFTs. Think about it. If if you could have an NPC in the game that had your screen name because you own that NPC's NFT, wouldn't that also be equally as cool as owning a skin that you can actively use? Like having a piece of the history. Remember, remember Mancrick in uh, the Barons. I don't know if you're a Horde Alliance player, but. And it's like the man Kirk's wife was like this famous like World of Warcraft quest because nobody could ever find the guy because he was like way super far in like this giant zone and you're like at the beginning stages of the game. And like, yeah, how cool would it be to own like that NFT, right? You know what I mean? I mean, they've even I'm, got a Robin William reference now in the game, which, you know, rest his soul. But I thought that was really cool. If I... I don't know how much I would spend on it. Me personally, if if I had an a, a, like a bank account with unlimited funds, and you you told me, hey, you can buy this Robin Williams NFT. It doesn't do anything, but you get to say you own this NPC. I would spend a lot of money because I freaking love Robin Williams. I'm just saying. I, I wanted to bring up a point that actually Jerry made, saying that you guys are old, and um, you guys are talking about kind of like your age of what games are. Uh, since I have kids. Uh, I got two daughters and they're on Amazon games and I cannot tell you how much money they spend on games every single day. I, I only look at my bank account. It says $4.99, $3.99, These little like in-game transactions that they have in these, in these games, like color, like the cat or something like that. I don't know what the hell they're playing right now. All I know is that they're spending money on a daily basis. And so like, I almost think about like, what what it's what is even making them want to spend money at such a young age, like in games? Dopamine. It, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's 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 just understanding the different audi- your genres of audience and everything, you know, and the age. That's why gotcha games are so popular. I 
I think gotcha games are okay if done in a certain format. I don't like, like, I'm not a big fan of Genshin Impact, right? Because you have entire characters, playstyle, abilities, all of that locked behind it. But when it comes to gear, oh my god. Like, that, that Metapixel game I was just telling you guys about, the new mobile one they launched, they have gearboxes. Oh, I'm in trouble. I, I It's been out for two days, and I'm pretty sure I've already spent over $30, and it's only going to get worse from <laughs> yeah. here. So... I love that dopamine hit, hundred percent. Conducive for like a game that can have a justifiable like earning token because there's a sink that's it's got your mm -hmm. hooks already. You know what I mean? That's perfect for like the kind of concept of like conversation we're, we're having right now, right? If that was a token, if that was their token, well, but then they would just end up selling it because that's how they would make money. So <laughs> again, another flaw of the system. But you know what I mean? At least from a user like kind of transaction experience, you know, you can see how that is built because they have they've led with gameplay they have your mm -hmm. they have hooks in and they have a loop that makes you want to buy something right obviously the flaw in that is that when they need a million dollars to pay payroll they're just going to dump a token on the market so i don't know how do you win right <laughs> well they have uh they have the money in no money out system at least for the mobile mobile game that they launched that's why i'm not sure if it's web3 or not i know it's from a web3 company but you know i haven't i haven't dug into whether or not I can connect my wallet or anything like that. I know you can connect your Metapixel account, which is connected to a wallet. So there might be Web3 elements I haven't explored yet. I definitely am going to keep playing the game and find out. Uh, you know, we can report back on that later. But I, it, like Jorge was just saying, like I complete a chapter and all of a sudden there's a bundle. You can get this awesome bundle that comes with extra goodies for $3. And I look at that and I'm like, it's only $3. Then I complete the next chapter. Another bundle, three dollars. It's only three dollars. You, you see the problem here? It's it's only three dollars <laughs> until you look at your bank statement, and that three dollars adds up over the course of a month, and you've spent your entire life savings. And I'm sure it's marketed <laughs> that says it's ten dollars originally, but because you've played this whole game round one, it's three dollars right now, and it's only going to be available for the next thirty seconds. Six hundred percent bonus. It works though. I love it. I I'm not against it by any means. I don't even think it's predatory because I understand it myself. Now, if it's a child, people yeah. will say it's predatory. But here's yeah. the thing. It is. No, I disagree. And the reason I disagree is because why would you give your child a device with your credit card attached to it unsupervised to begin with? Because my parents never did that. If I wanted to make a purchase, they took my phone from me, they put in the information, they paid it, and then they removed it. Done. I never different had a problem. Different world now. Uh, it is yeah. true, true, true. Yeah. Parents don't want... Uh, I'm going to keep that though. comment to myself. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> Um, I feel like my mom still might do that with my phone. So, oh wow! Um, no, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Um, yeah, no, it's it's a fair point. I think with yeah, obviously when you when you bring kids to the mix, it does it is different conversation. But you know, yeah, I don't know. I don't have kids for that reason. So, Fud brought so a viewer comment brought up a good point. Behavioral psychology, which I'm sure we're all aware of, um, but imagine taking that type of uh, marketing and being able to apply it to, let's say, something like Apple Vision Pro. So you're just sitting there enjoying your day, and all of a sudden, boom, here's a sale. Yeah. Just right in you your eyeballs. Have that ad right in your face. Instead, <laughs> instead of on a screen that you can turn upside oh. down, it's just, it's right there. I hope we don't go that route. That screams Wally to me. 100% on that <laughs> route, buddy. All right, so I uh, unfortunately do need to call it. Our AC was apparently, uh, they attempted to steal our AC. We had a really bad storm last night, and they cut the refrigerant line trying to remove the whole AC unit and failed to accomplish doing so, so it ran dry all night and blew up. Oh. Um, so I have no air conditioning, and it's getting really hot in here. Uh, but do you guys have anything final you want to say or add before we wrap it up? Yeah, I got to go, too, because apparently I stepped on fucking, I think, fire ants or something, and I just oh. got bit up, and, like, I'm dying over here. Welcome to Florida. You look uncomfortable. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I can see it on your face. <laughs> yeah, I'm getting bit up right now. It's like, holy shit, I just stepped on, like, a little, like, nest or something. How about you guys? Um, so what? So that's ahead. why you've been running around uh, for the last 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, um, yeah, no, I think... I think there's a world for both to exist. 
Mm-hmm. But if, if I had to choose one, obviously it would have to be the NFTs just because I think, you know, from a gamer's point of view, you know, it's better to have, you know, in-game assets than just some currency that, you know, you don't know what's going to be used for. So, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my stance. Yeah. Um, you know, I think a lot of my comments, if you agree with them or disagree, you know, that's very, very likely that that happened. But, um, you know, we're, uh, I, th- I feel pretty strongly about the, the conversation and the topic and, um, you know, happy to share my thoughts and, um, yeah, come see how we do at Metalcore if you, uh, tell us if we're right or wrong. <laughs> A hundred percent. You guys got to go check out my my first open alpha video on YouTube if you're interested in Metalcore. I'm telling you, the game has come a long way even since that video, which was at this point like eight months ago. Uh, So definitely been building a lot. And that's another thing I noticed is a lot of games that have been building in silence and, and they just they don't even open with the token. Right. They just come out and say, hey, guys, we have a game coming up. There's no token sale. We're not selling NFTs yet, but here's the game. Here's some play tests. They seem to be faring quite well. So I'm just saying, just saying, a little food for thought there. <laughs> yeah, we might sell NFTs again at some point. You know, I don't know. If somebody comes and tags me in the Discord, I'll make sure you get on the whitelist. Yes. Well, I mean, I'm already a holder anyway, so I'm sure I get whitelisted. <laughs> but uh, that's going to be it for us today, guys. This was another great episode of the Block Sauce. Um, you know, obviously, I want to extend a huge thank you to Fresco, Matt, Jorge for joining us. Jorge, I'll see you next week. Fresco, Matt, we got we to gotta get you guys in here on occasion because this, t- this was definitely a great discussion today. Uh, I, this is probably the first time we've had pretty much a mutual agreeance on the topic. Like, NFTs seem to be the move right now, but we're not saying token bad either. So um, I think that that is absolutely great that we finally ran into that. I'm not kidding. Like, go watch our past shows, and there was never, like, a consensus on anything ever. Um, But we also want to thank everybody for tuning in who hung out, you know, all of our viewers and supporters who are retweeting the show, you know, throwing questions at us. Fudd, I see you there, you know, pretty consistently. Love to see it. and you guys are kind of what drive our our passion to keep doing this and expanding. As you can see, we're improving every week. We're changing up the, the overlays and the audio, and we're making everything as best we can. Um, just remember, the sauce never stops flowing. Stay connected with us on social media. Share your thoughts, and you can even suggest future topics that you'd like us to tackle because your voice matters too. If you miss And it's free. Episode, remember, tell them it's free. It's free to like. It's, it's free, free to share. And- and it's free to comment. So make sure you give us some love. We have to be small. And the only way we're going to grow is because of you guys. And if you missed any of our previous episodes or want to relive the sauce-filled moments, make sure you head over to the website, uh, YouTube, LinkedIn. I believe they're still up on Twitter as well. And subscribe for all the latest updates and exclusive content. We did start another segment, so keep an eye out for a new show uh, that will be happening on a separate part of this called Block Sauce Gaming, and that one's going to be a different format. I, I was really excited. Uh, the, the one that we got to do this week, we actually interviewed the CEO from Play Bushi, so I'm sure you guys are familiar with Bushi, and I'll tell you right now, Leon is a great guy. If, if any of you are looking for content or looking to get some spaces going, like reach out to him. He is. I loved our discussion. It was great. Um, but that's going to be it for today. Sauce enthusiasts, join us next week for another exhilarating episode of The Block Sauce, and we'll keep the flavor and the discussion fiery. Until then, stay saucy and keep rocking the Web3 culture. Thank you, guys, and have a good one.